You hear that? What is that? Uh, uh, I'm trying to make it sound like a bell, but it, it's a coffee cup. Yeah, it sounds like a coffee cup. But pretend it's a bell because it's the school bell and class is in session. You like that? <sighs> uh, this is the third and final for now deep dive into the origins of the force and the force in general. Okay. So if we're going to talk about the origins of the force, there's only one place we can really talk about that place called Mortis. So if you're not familiar with Mortis, it was first introduced in the Clone Wars where Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka were tricked into visiting a place named Mortis that was inhabited by three incredibly powerful beings. They were identified by the father, daughter and the son. Do you like my spooky voice? Mm, Didn't, didn't say any different. (laughs) Uh, the, th- this place, Mortis, it took many forms and was incredibly hard to find. Some thinking it existed outside the known universe and even outside of time and space itself. Hmm. While on Mortis, Qui-Gon Jinn appeared to Obi-Wan. This is the only time, as we mentioned before, oh, yeah. he never mastered being able to take a corporal form, um, except for on Mo- Mortis. He was able to become a force ghost on Mortis. And he appeared to Obi-Wan and he said, quote, Mortis was a conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows. So in a previous deep dive, we talked about Yoda's quest to learn how to become a force ghost. And his quest led him to a mysterious planet inhabited by a bunch of force priestesses. Um, Some think that that planet is the wellspring of life, which is powerful in the force, so powerful that it may actually be where the force originates. Mm. Um, So I like to think about it from what Qui-Gon said, that the force originates in the wellspring of life, and then it flows through Mortis. He says it's a conduit, so it's kind of like... It's like like the island on Lost. Ooh, good pull. That is exactly what it's like. Um, And so we don't really know what the exact function of these conduits are these locations that act as like force sewers for lack of a better word um but they have popped up from time to time in many different forms so we have seen in i mean i'm not gonna spoil it but it seems like we saw mortis in season four and it appeared much different than we saw it in a different way and had a much different function but it might not have been mortis either because there are other locations that have eerie similarities to Mortis. So maybe it's not quite unique. Um, what I do want to talk about on Mortis is Anakin's trials while on that quote unquote planet. Um, so when he arrives, Obi-Wan says he feels an intersection of the light and dark that he has never felt before. That is because the person we know as the daughter uh, represented in a very real way the living embodiment of the light side of the force and the son represented the living embodiment of the dark side of the force. And the father ruled them both, representing the balance between the two. So he was the only being powerful enough to have to be able to control both his daughter and his son and make sure that neither of them gets out 
and wreaks havoc. Um, but it turns out the father is dying. So he brought Anakin there because he heard on the grapevine that Anakin might be the chosen one. So he decided to give Anakin a test. And I won't go into details of exactly what the test was, but it turns out that Anakin is in fact powerful enough to dominate both the son and the daughter at the same time, so he must be the chosen one. As such, he asks Anakin to Anakin. <laughs> he asks <laughs> Anakin to fulfill his destiny and become the new father and stay on Mortis to keep balance within the Force. As you can probably guess, he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. So he turned his back on his destiny as the Chosen One. Um, so that's a little bit of the mysticism. It's kind of like this weird, um, I think you brought it up, you said kind of like Greek mythology kind of origin of the Force. Um, and I always thought, you know, the chosen one was more of a philosophical kind of thing, but this was interesting to me because it was kind of a very real representation of Anakin's duty as the chosen one. Yeah. Like he has well, to stay in this place and do some stuff. I know. It's almost like by, it's almost like it's this episode in the Clone Wars presents like a problem to like the prophecy because it's like. Were the Jedi misinterpreting the prophecy? Was he the chosen mm -hmm. one to stay on Mortis? <laughs> yeah, that's... And that's how he was bring, bringing balance? Because something you didn't mention, I'll quickly say, is that yeah. the father, the son, and the daughter all die at the end of this episode yeah. in Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And so they stop existing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's another really interesting philosophical... So there's philosophical no harmony thing. at all. Yeah. So, or did he bring balance by killing them? We don't know. So I think we, we look at this, you know, there's always this question, like, did Anakin fulfill the prophecy when he killed all the Jedi? Because now there are not a lot of Jedi and not a lot of Sith, so they're balanced. Did yeah. he fulfill the prophecy when he threw the Emperor off of the ledge and, you know, let the good guys win? Or was his, was the prophecy, like, literally to stay in this planet and make sure these two people didn't get out? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's so lost. I can't help. It's like so lost, like the man in black and like, oh yeah, I mean, you know, controlling these two, like keeping them where they are, uh, which is interesting. Was, was there a light side on the, on the, in toward the end of lost? I don't yeah, remember. There's like a light side in the dark side, like always battling. Oh yeah. And there was one person kind of keeping them at bay. Okay. Um, but. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know if you're going to, are you going to bring up season four of Rebels briefly? I don't want to. I think we're going to, let's keep that all. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything we haven't talked about on this show yet. Do you know um, where I was going though? I think so. With the daughter, the son, and the father. I mean, they, I mean, they were this isn't episode. a spoiler. All I'm going to say is there's a mural of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's why it indicates that whatever had to do with that mural in season four that came out that some people think that is Mortis just in a different form. Um, yeah. because it evidently had something to do with these three figures that were, that were important to the force in one way or another. Um, it's still complete. It's not still unclear exactly what their origins are or anything like that. But, um, I think it's an interesting conversation. Mm. Um, another thing I liked is why I was wondering, asking about the light side was, 
I like this idea that balance doesn't just mean, you know, let all lights out. Let's, like, let's all be good and peaceful to everyone because they were just as worried for the daughter to get out as the son. Um, they didn't want the light side to wreak havoc across the universe either. Maybe because of, you know, there is no darkness without light and vice versa. I mean, it's Taoist. I think I keep saying it, mm-hmm. but you can't, you totally. can't light a candle without casting a shadow. Totally. Um, so I like that. Um, while we're on the subject though, I mentioned other locations. Um, it's been brought up that Octo actually has some similarities between Mortis and Octo. And to a lesser extent, uh, Dagaba has a couple things like this. So there is a theory. I didn't really read it anywhere. Maybe I made this theory up. It's my theory and it's completely wrong. But that there are lots of the diff- these different planets or locations that are a conduit for the Force. Um, so if you read the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary, which I mentioned before, and it's super cool, um, they say that Octo is, quote, Force-infused. The same as Dagobah and Mortis. So those were mentioned in relation to The Last Jedi. Um, I also mentioned before that there was a depiction, like a mural, another kind of like Taoist thing is like yin, yin and yang of the prime Jedi on Octo. And it shows the prime Jedi sitting between the light side and the dark side in a state of balance, um, which is very physically manifested on Octo where the light and the dark both flow and balance on the planet. You see this when like mm. Ray reaches out to feel the force and she talks about the darkness and the light living in harmony. Yeah. Um, there's also a mural just like that on Mortis and Clone Wars. It looks almost exactly the same. I don't think there's a person sitting there, but it's like the, the Sith and the Jedi symbol or it's the light side and the dark side symbol kind of combined and then split in half, like showing balance between the light side and the dark. Mm. Um, we also see that there is a place where Ray goes, uh, to interact directly with the dark side, um, on Octo, which is the same as Dagobah, uh, with that kind of magic tree where the dark side flows through that place. Yeah. Oh, the cave of evil. Yeah. 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 Um, and then another, oh, wait, oh, you're talking about Ray. Well, yeah. Ray goes to like the, she goes into that like fountain thing, like underwater yeah. Um, but yeah. it, it's very similar to the Dagobah cave, right? Yeah. Um, so the last thing is that on Mortis, the weather seems to swing wildly between like a beautiful, serene, really bright place and like really dangerous, depending on if it's night or, or day. And they say like you can't stay out at night because the storms are deadly. And if you notice, Octo has similar characteristics every time you see octo at night it's rainy and it's stormy and it looks pretty dangerous but during the day it's like a beautiful serene placid place um Mm. so i'm really interested to see if any more locations like this uh pop up or if they like more clearly dive into this stuff stuff in episode nine uh because this might be a stretch but i see some pretty interesting parallels between luke and the daughter and kylo ren and the son and Ray and the father. Hmm. So Luke is like the light side embodiment. Kylo Ren is the dark side embodiment. And Ray is the kind of middle ground between them both. So that's complete conjecture. I haven't gotten that anywhere, but I'd be really interesting to see if they flesh that out in episode nine. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. So thanks for sitting through my class, everybody. 
No, that's interesting. I, the more I um, think about the force and this kind of mythological side, the more I like it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm in the minority on that. I, I think, think I people generally just like the larger spiritual view of it rather than like the mythological view. Yeah. I but like it too. I'm really, I like this and I, I think we're a pretty small minority. Yeah. You're a star like Wars this. apologist. <laughs> Anything well, Disney does, if spoon feeds you, you're just going to sup it all up. Well, I mean, if you think, and I, and I was just doing a little research, there's only five episodes in which two of which are, in season four of Rebels, so there's only three Clone Wars episodes where this mythology is really, um, like fleshed out, mm -hmm. and I just feel like these three episodes have such like massive implications to the Force, like they do, yeah, and totally. people don't recognize it. Like it's like people ignore it, but it's canon. It's the one, you know, George Lucas wrote, the, like, worked on this, like... Yeah, totally. It's, it's people forget how involved in Clone Wars he was, and it's like, you can't ignore this. This is part of, I don't know, it's like people yeah. picking and choosing their canon. It's like, no, canon is, it's very clear what's canon. Yeah. And I don't know. That's a really good point, actually. I, I don't think a lot of people give credit to, because, you know, a lot of their complaints, especially with what just happened in season four of Rebels, is... Oh, they're introducing all this stuff, but no, they're they're expanding on what George Lucas clearly laid out. Yeah. Um, oh, everything yeah. in Clone Wars, even if it wasn't written by him, was run by run by him. Dave Filoni yeah. was very truly his right hand person. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's like you. I don't know. It's like you have to understand that they. This is part of the universe. It's like you can like the Beatles, but you can't say they only wrote three albums. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's a good. You can't be like these are the only albums wrote. Like no, yeah. like. If you go to a live show, they're going to play more than those three guys. Like, sorry. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good analogy. You know, I think that's how I like to look at it is that it's all canon. It's all within the Beatles catalog, but you know yeah. what? Maybe you hate octopus garden. Doesn't mean it's not a Beatles song. Yeah. You don't have to listen to it. That's how I look at, look at it. You know, yeah. you don't have to read the books. You don't have to watch the series. You don't have to dive deep into the mythology. If you don't like it, it could just all be like, pod racers and laser swords if you want which is <laughs> totally totally yeah, cool you could go the other way it's like if you're gonna choose to have you know it'd be yeah it's like i could just choose to make this yeah just pod races like it's all star wars could be to me if i wanted that gosh i, I want i hope there's someone who does that <laughs> like i'm just i just die for those pod racing parts <laughs> <laughs> Cool, so thank you for tuning in to this episode of Rebels Rebels. Yeah. Um, you know where to find us. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Rebels Rebels Pod, or you can email the show at RebelsRebelsPod at gmail.com. If you want us to uh, do a birthday party, come be on your <laughs> podcast, or, um, you know, speak at a conference, whatever. We can sing a song. Mike has a lovely singing voice. It's a baritone, so I'm going to need some, a, a soprano. Please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes or sure. just like tell your friends, write a letter, you know, yeah. whatever you want. And while you're at it, check out our friend Steel Saunders. He did such a good job on this episode. You can check out his show Steel Wars. He has a live call-in show and just a regular show. He does live shows in LA. It's super fun. He just had on Ben Mendelsohn which is pretty cool. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, please check out his stuff. He's a deer. Yeah, and until next time, be brave out there, and don't look back. Don't look back. Bye, baby. Bye.